0: good morning again if you have your bibles uh find the book of james we are in our series uh called how life works uh we're working through the book of james and uh we have uh we have mac with us today joel and i are usually up here we've had chip with us and then today we have mac uh say hello to everybody hello everybody (laughs) this is gonna be fun (laughs) <laughs> um so uh James chapter four um has some uh James does not pull a lot of punches in chapter four. Uh, have, so you you have roommates? I do. Are they in the room? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh whoa, whoa. <laughs> On the front row. So um you had roommates in college?
1: Yes. Yeah. So wow so arguments no, we, were, we can were good we were fine quarrels everything was fine and oh yeah it was fine everything uh, was fine
0: arguments can stop so we were thinking about ways to open this morning and because James opens this chapter by talking about quarrels mm-hmm. and arguments and what causes them and so Cynthia my wife had a roommate mm-hmm. yes I'm telling a story on her roommates because I was the model citizen <laughs> Uh, but they had a roommate who refused to do dishes, like literally. Like she would, she would wash dish, uh, like she would cook, like scramble eggs and stuff like that, and leave the food and just leave them on the counter. And uh, Cynthia and her other roommates decided, well, we're just not going to wash them, and they begin to stack up. For for, Cynthia said probably a month, like legitimately for a month, and and finally, they took the dishes and put them in front of her door, right? So she would have to step over them or pick, surely pick them up and wash them. She opens the door, the dishes are there, literally steps over the dishes. So it, it created some tension in their apartment over the unwashed dishes and some quarrels uh, started there. So any, any roommate? Problems, Mac? You want to talk about? Yeah. while you're here. You got the microphone,
1: and they don't. Confession. I, I think
2: we have some similar roommates in our house to that story, but thankfully we have a Noah, and he pays <laughs> the bills.
1: Fantastic, the model citizen. Though.
0: But but really, what uh, James uh, James opens with a question for us, uh, and uh, Joel, why don't you read the text for us, and we'll we'll see where we're going with this arguing and quarreling
1: thing. Mm-hmm. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you.
0: Yeah, so James uh, asked this question, what causes quarrels and fights among you? And really what he's getting at there is how we build our kingdom. Right? Uh, that's, that's ultimately what, um, what the arguing and the quarreling is about, according to James, because're because we're, yeah, we're self-oriented. We're the blazing sun in the center of our universe. Um, and you see it right here in these verses.
1: Um, and he's kind of already alluded to that. You can flip back a page or two, or scroll back if you have your Bible on your phone. and you can see James 1:14. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by what? His own desire. And then he says here in four, is it not that your passions or your desires at war within you, you desire and do not have? So so he's telling us what causes quarrels and fights among us is this. And it's the same thing that brought about temptation uh, in our lives. It's what's happening inside we're tempted to think that like these temptations or these fights or these quarrels are like outwardly, you know, like because our roommates didn't do their dishes, like it's their problem, uh, they like it's their issue. This is kind of an outward problem that we can solve, but actually, James always points us back to what's happening inside. The inside evidence always comes to the top. We talked about that with our mouth in James chapter three, like what's in our heart proceeds out of our mouth. And how do we get in fights? Well, often it's in the way that we speak to each other. So again, James, it's like every chapter. I mean, he's yeah. like taking us back, like in your hearts, you're going to see things that are going to come out in your outward actions. And this is another prime example for us.
0: Right. It's, it's really an issue of kingdom who, who yeah. is sitting on the throne uh, of, of your kingdom, mm-hmm. or what
1: kingdom, or king are you serving or ruling? And um, this is one more place that he's going to say, let's let's evaluate it. Let's right. look at it right here, and and see who's on the throne of your heart. Have you built your own little kingdom up in your heart, and that's why you get so mad uh, at, at at someone and get so angry? Because you can judge a lot. So like you can say, think about the last time you got angry. Right. Right? Think about the last time you got angry and what was happening inside your heart to like for that anger to boil up in that instance? Why why were you fighting? What what does that reveal about what's happening inside of you?
0: I, I hesitate to do this. Last argument you were in. <laughs> oh no! Oh honest. no.
1: <laughs> Oops. Oops. His girlfriend's I angry didn't right here, Kate, for Kate, those of you who, be who here.
2: don't know. look at the time Um, (laughs) so I'm closing today um, (laughs) no I think that's a good point though I mean just when I look back at any argument I've ever had with Kate and we had a few this week just being totally honest if I evaluate myself in our arguments I so often just want to be right or I feel like I deserve something um I have an idea that I think is right, and I just put myself—I elevate myself—to mm. the point where I'm just going to continue to argue for no reason. Cause you, cause you Cause get a, right because you he's probably right. Because you got to win,
0: right? <laughs> but I, I, it is really probably a good uh, thing for us to think about, just kind of have in the back of your mind as we're talking about this. Think about the last argument you were in, and mm-hmm. you. Chances are you may not even be able to remember why it started mm-hmm. or what it was about. But think about what, what's going on in your heart uh, to, to precipitate that. Is it, is, it a, is it an issue of you wanting to be right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so James, James says, this is how we build our own kingdom. We,
1: we, uh, and you can see that it's your own kingdom yes. in the way that you either don't pray or in the way that you pray incorrectly. So uh, he says, uh, you desire and do not have, so you murder—it's very strong language, maybe you can talk about that in a second—you covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. So first thing like that happens is we're so focused on ourselves and, and what we're trying to build, our kingdom, that we, we don't even stop to pray. We're not seeking the Lord in this. He's nowhere to be found in any of this. And, and even if we do, uh, you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. So usually what happens when we're in an argument with someone and we're going back and forth. We see that they're wrong in it. And we say, God, can you help them see they're, they're wrong? Or God, help me in this situation to like, get out. You know, we're praying like what we get out of it, where, what makes us the most comfortable, what gets us in the best position. And instead of saying, God, how does this align with your heart? Where are you at in this, Lord? How are you working? Where, where, like in James, if we start reading this on our own, where are you telling me that I should land right now and not like how I see it being fixed and, and uh, r- coming to a resolution? The, uh,
0: the, the reality is that we, if we pause and um, just ask ourselves that, God, what do, you, what do I need to learn about me? In this instance where, and sometimes, let's be honest, sometimes the roommate needs to be corrected, okay? I don't know why we're hammering on roommates today. (laughs) I guess because it was the illustration. But sometimes you need to correct things, right? But oftentimes, we we need to stop and say, God, what's going on in my own heart right now? Um, This is just a good practice. Joel, you even shared uh, this morning about... (laughs) because of the text we were in yeah you want to share that because I think that will resonate with some
1: people well you can think I mean here's what happens for us I'll just tell you like we we are working through this over the last week and so um, I mean we sit on it day in and day out and we hope you guys do as you read this this isn't just like okay we're here on a Sunday morning and take off like We hope you get as convicted as we do, okay? I'm just saying. Yes. And and that's like, this week, I'm sitting there typing out a text message to someone. And because I had just read this, especially this first part of the text in James 4, I type out the entire text message, and then it's like conviction rains down to the point where like I'm starting a fight with that text. And I hit cancel. Man, I, was, oh, I wanted to send it so bad. Like, I wanted to say where I felt like I had been wronged and where I was right. And I stopped myself from sending that text. And so, there may be things that crop up in your life, hopefully, after reading this, where you say, like, hold on, I'm not going to send that. You know, this. There's. I guarantee you there's people in the room who you haven't talked to your parents in a while. Oh, it's going to hit hard right here. Mm. Pinch a little bit. You haven't talked to your parents in a while because of a fight you've had with them over a certain issue, and you don't want to deal with the fact that maybe there's some things in your heart that aren't where they need to be.
0: Yeah.
1: All you can see is where they're wrong, and so this is going to cause you to, to like sit on this and say, okay, I, like, where, where is it, again, God, do I need to see like, in my heart what's happening?
0: And, and then James shifts the language. So, so this is how we build our own kingdom as we focus on ourselves. And then James says that's very dangerous because that leads to how we become enemies of God. Look, look at the language. Verse four: "You adulterous people, that's strong.." Mm-hmm. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? So James is saying, he's equating our desire to want to serve our own kingdom and our own purposes and our own empire with being an adulteress and saying, when you befriend the world, when you're friends with the world, you're enemies with God. Now, what, is, what does he mean by, I mean, I thought we were supposed to. Love the world, yeah. right? What does he
1: mean by that? What'd you say, Mac?
2: I would say it's not about loving the ideas of the world, or um, there's a difference in loving people, like God's creation, and mm-hmm. and seeking what the world prioritizes. Yeah, if that makes sense, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's um, it's a value system. It's a
0: value system, right? It's it's us saying when James says when you become friends with the world, what he's saying is you are joining in the rebellion. Yeah, right. You are adopting yeah. the way the world deals with things. You're the, because the world says what you you look out for number one, right? You do you, boo, right? Right. You are all that matters. Think, think of every commercial you have ever seen. It's, have, it your, have it your way. Who is that McDonald's? Burger King. Burger King. Yeah, there you go. Right? You matter. You deserve this. You, and James is saying, that's the way the world does it. Mm-hmm. And so don't align yourselves with the rebellion of the world because when you do that, you set yourselves up against God. And um, so I've, I've heard. I I'm about to go on a tangent. I probably should stop. I'll go on a short one. Because when I, I hear people say this, um, well, only God can judge me. Yeah. I, I don't know that you should be comfortable with that. Mm. Right? Because James, look at what James says. If you wish to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose that scripture says he earns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us? So, so flip with me this idea of God yearning jealously because we would say jealousy is not a good thing, right? Flip to Exodus 34, I, w- I want you to see this. Um, this, is, this is pretty uh, compelling. So in Exodus 34, uh, the Moses has had to go back up on the mountain because they've shattered the Ten Commandments because of the golden calf. The whole it's gone south in a hurry, right? God's made this covenant people. He's drawn the people to Himself, uh, and um, they rebelled. They follow the pattern of the world, right? And but God has. Been merciful to them, and he says in uh, Exodus thirty four ten, "Behold, I am making a covenant, but before all your people, I will do marvels such as have not been created in all the earth." Um. You, um, I, I missed. I, I'm losing my place here. The jealous God. Thank you. This this is why I love this room. So he says to them, look, I'm going to drive these people out. You tear down the altars, break their pillars, cut down their ashram. That's verse 13. He's saying, you don't make friends with the world. Don't adopt their pattern for you shall worship no other God for the Lord, whose name is jealous, is a jealous God lest you make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land when, when they whore after their gods and sacrifice to their gods and you, invited, you are invited to eat of his sacrifice. The, James is saying listen, when you begin to walk in the pattern of the world, in the rebellion of the world, you become an adulterer. God is saying, I am jealous. So it, is, it can either be a comfort or a terror mm-hmm. to you this morning that God is a jealous God. Jealous uh, because God is jealous for your spirit, for you to love him, to have affections for him. Uh, If you're saying yes to him and walking as best you can in the spirit with him, he's going to do everything he can to comfort you and to protect you. But if you're not, it also means God's jealousy for you can put you in a place where he's going to he's going to do whatever he's got to to bring you back. Mm-hmm. And and that can be terrifying.
2: Yeah, sometimes I think well if you're a child of God, he like you're saying jealously wants our spirit, he wants our soul to worship him. He wants to receive that glory from us. So I think you can look at a trial you faced or a hardship you faced and see what is what have I what have I put up that is keeping me from glorifying God as most I can. So sometimes God strips things away from us, and that's where we see a really hard time or a trial. But really, he's just seeking more glory for himself from us. Yeah,
1: Yeah. to to know him in that way, to to follow after him completely. And it's the same pattern that, that you see over and over in Exodus because constantly the people, they swerve off the way. They go their own way, and God calls them back, and he brings them back, and he strips the things away until, until they get all of their heart. That's the pattern of God, that, that he comes after his people. Uh, he chases after us, even when we make ourselves enemies of him. And, and here's the thing. I think that if I were to ask a lot of people in this room, are you a friend of the world? a lot of you would be like, no, 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 like, you know, I, I, especially not in these terms, but we need somebody like James to step in and sort of shout at us. I mean, look at how he opens up verse four, you adulterous people. <laughs> it, I mean, I don't know about you, but if we would have walked in here calling you guys that name, um, you might have, you might have not liked us very much. Right. But some of us need to hear that. Because all through this letter, he's been saying, my brethren, my brethren, my brethren. You know, like, hey, my fam. Like, you know, come in close here and, and I'm gonna encourage you. And now he says, you adulterous people. And he's calling them out because I believe when it comes to these, to this situation, being friends with the world, it's, it's like, a, like a slip that it's just small and steady. And we think it's not that big a deal. We, we, we don't see it as that. I, I was thinking about the example of some people that God's brought into my life over the last couple of years who kept walking down this path, because this is what James is all about. It's just like the Proverbs. It says, here's the pathway to life, and here's the pathway to death. And James is trying to move us over into the pathway of life, life with God. And And I have these friends, I have two friends in jail right now, and just... In those couple of years preceding that, when I would talk to them about life, they would say, Well, I'm not that bad off. Like they would never see their situation as like a big problem. And until it finally gets to like just that full, you know, like, no, you cannot deny it now. You're in the middle of this. And I think that's what happens to us with the world. We just like slowly slip into it. And and when we do, we don't realize we're, we're making ourselves enemies of God. And we don't want to place ourselves there. But there's good news. Yeah. That even when we do, look at verse six.
0: It's astonishingly good news. Verse six, he gives more grace. Think about that. He he does that for his enemies, right? James, James before anything else happens, right after he is said, listen, he's jealous. He's a jealous God. He's not going to share his glory. He's jealous for your uh, spirit. He wants you. You're his, you've made friends with the world. You set yourself up as an enemy, but he gives more grace. That's astonishing.
1: One commentator I read this week, he said, we're, like, we're climbing back into bed with the world. It's, it's not friendship with people in the world that's wrong, but friendship with the values of the world that's wrong. And God takes it personally, just like a husband who finds his wife back in bed with the thug she was dating before he had come into her life and rescued her from that awful relationship. Mm. And so that's how God yearns jealously for us, but, but even when we're in those situations, there's more grace. Even when we think we've, we've gone as far as we could possibly go, there's, he gives more grace. I, I love the fact that it's not just he gives a little or, or some, or he just gives grace. It's always more grace.
2: Yeah, he's tirelessly on our side. He's, there's always more grace for him to give us, <laughs> I, I didn't come up with it, just saying. Own uh, it like you did. <laughs> Um, no matter how many times we go back to the first part of this passage where we are friends of the world where we're going back worshiping our other gods there is more grace that he gives us and I think the longer the more you get to know that the more you see that God is jealously after our spirit the more likely you are to kind of stay in the second half of this because you see the beauty of it. it that's
1: it yeah because six is really like this hinge for us in the passage of you have fights and quarrels going on, you've made yourself an enemy of God, but he gives more grace. But it doesn't just end there, okay, we receive, receive. It's like if you're receiving that, then look at how now you're going to live.
0: Right, right. and, and the, I was just about to say, don't forget the context that James is writing into, right? He, he's writing to believers, and already he's given some... Pretty strong correction, right? Uh, you need to be generous when you see people in need. You need to guard your, your language and your tongue. And and now he's saying, don't just you don't need to argue because God gives grace to you as His enemy. You need to share grace with, with others. and And look at uh, what uh, what what happens. He says. Uh, So that is what God does for his enemies is he gives us grace. And then um, he says, uh, God opposes the proud, right? So if you're an enemy of God, it means there's some pride in your life and God is, God opposes the proud. You do not want to be in that position where you are in opposition to the living God, right? But. He gives grace to the humble. Uh, I was telling these guys uh, this week, it's been surprising to me the number of times James brings up the idea of humility. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I've seen it before in the book of James, but it is, it's central to everything uh, that he's talking about, the idea that you should humble yourselves and um, humble yourself to the Word. Uh, he says, humble yourselves basically to one another, uh, prefer others, and, and he's saying again, humble yourself before God. Submit to God. This, this idea of humility as it works itself out in James in our relationships in, um, with our brothers and sisters and with the world uh, is so counter to, to the world. The way the world acts and behaves. Um, You want to speak to that? Either one of you speak
2: to that idea of humility and and how it plays out. Yeah, the world tells us if you want something, then you go after it and you get it. And James is saying the exact opposite if you want something, this is your passions at war within you. You desire and you don't have, so you murder. You covenant cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. The, the cause of our fights and quarrels is that in us, that mm-hmm. desire for something that we want. And our culture tells us we can do it, and we can go after it, and no one can stop you, and overcome it. But that is not what this is saying. The, whole, the hinge point of this whole passage is a balance of pride and humility. All the beginning, your passions, your desires, fighting, coveting, adultery, enmity with God, all of that can be encompassed by pride. Mm. All, you are putting yourself at a level you shouldn't be. And then the second half, which is I think what we're about to get to, submit to God, resist the devil, draw near, mm-hmm. cleanse your hands, purify your hearts, be wretched, mourn, weep, humble yourselves. There's nothing prideful about that. The, the whole point is humble yourselves before the Lord, um, and then it says he will exalt you at the end. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of crazy promises here in
0: the end. W- when you think about it, he says, uh, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Right after God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble, submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Seems a little odd to throw in there, right? Um, and then verse eight, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. The, those two promises, right? Resist the devil and he will flee from you. This, it does not mean the devil's gonna run away and never come back, right? It does mean in the moment. Uh, in the moment, is gonna be, I'm gonna, uh, is there anybody that has not seen Lion King? One person. All right. That's amazing. So, Kate just got all giddy because I'm using a Disney illustration. Um, so, in Lion King, you remember when Simba is in the elephant graveyard with Nala? This means yes. Just go with me, even if you don't remember it. Uh, and and uh, the hyenas come, and they've got them cornered, and Simba does his little roar, right? And they laugh at him. And then he opens his mouth, they say, do it again, do it again, and he does it again. And what Simba doesn't know is Mufasa's in the cave with him, and when he roars, they scatter. Right? This is what, this is what James is saying. Submit to God, and, and he, the devil, will flee from you, because he knows mm-hmm. dad's going to take care of you. Right? now. He's gonna come crawling back, because that's what he does, right? But, but James is saying to us, submit to God, God will fight for you, and the enemy will run from him. Because he's, been de- he's defeated, right? We sang about it this morning. Jesus has the keys, and, and so when you submit to God, you, it puts you in a position of power over your enemy, ironically, because you've submitted. The, the Christian is most powerful when they are on their knees.
2: Which should be really encouraging to all of us, because yes. that takes the effort we have to put into it away. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not... A, that's
0: exactly yeah. right.
2: It's, it's, a, it's really beautiful, honestly, that we can kneel before God and He will take care of us. And it. and it's not about the fight we can put up. It's about submitting to God.
1: Yeah. This passage is about lordship. This passage is about who you answer to. Mm-hmm. That's why he goes to, in verse 7, submit yourselves to God. The idea of submit, uh, the Greek word suggests this idea of hierarchy where you are saying, Jesus is my Lord, I place my life under him, not just in a moment, but under his authority. He is my authority, so I answer to him. So submit yourselves therefore to God. When we do that, we resist the devil. That's like a part of resisting the devil is when we say, Jesus is my Lord and I am no longer uh, under the Lordship of this world. Because remember what Jesus says in in the Gospel of John, he says this at several points in the Gospel of John, the ruler of this world is Satan. Mm. And so when we become enemies of God by being friends with the world, we put ourselves under the Lordship of Satan. That's why it's so scary. When we put ourselves under his authority, we are not submitting to the Lord's authority. So when we put ourselves under the Lord's authority, we're resisting Satan's authority in our life. And we're moving out of the way and path of death into the way of life with Jesus by submitting to his lordship. And and what he's the the rest of these instructions in seven verses seven through ten are just our repentance towards where we've tried to take matters into our own hands, where we, we must now submit to his lordship. How? By, by humbling ourselves, by cleansing ourselves, by mourning and weeping. And all of that is the work of God that has to be produced in our life for that to happen. This isn't, we're just going to start mourning and weeping if, on cue if I call you to it this morning. This is, we need God. We need our hearts broken where we have not submitted to your leadership and your lordship. And we need to mourn and weep over that and lament until and, and we, we get to this place that your way is better. You're better than this world. Anything this world has to offer, you're better, Jesus. Do you believe that this morning? Because here's the amazing thing that
0: James tells us. If you will, if you will in your heart, if you allow your heart to open up and, and say, God, there's got to be some places where, where I'm on the throne, mm-hmm. where, where I'm the blazing sun in the center of my universe. God, I don't, I don't want to be there. And, and you'll humble yourself. This is, what, this is what James says. That's a way of drawing near, yeah. and, the, and the incredible hmm. promise yep. is that if we do that, God will draw near to us. Yep. He will move toward us. That is amazing. That God will do that for his enemies.
1: It's the story of the prodigal son. Yeah. It comes back over and over. Yeah. Every, every story you read is that story of how a father runs after his son, even when his son has made himself an enemy of the father.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Let's, um, I, I think I, I want to end this way. So, so God gives us this list. Mac walks through those. Th- this list of things to do. Submit yourself, uh, cleanse your hands, purify your hearts. That's, that's uh, ceremonial cleansing language out of the Old Testament where you're just saying to God, God, I'm, I'm unclean, um, mourn, uh, purify your heart, let your laughter be turned to mourning, your joy to gloom. You can't, you can't cry on cue, right? It's not something you can—it's uh, it, got to be a heart work. But if you will do that and humble yourself, he will exalt you. I, I want to close this morning by, let's just take a few minutes and let's get before the Lord and, and ask the Lord, are, are there places where I'm on the throne and you, Lord, need to be on the throne? So let's just take a few minutes and...
1: and... Let me add in, if you have no idea where to start, right. the Lord's Prayer is a good place to start. Yeah. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Right, we we'll start with His glory. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And you can look that up if you need it, but that's, that's a great place for us to start in our prayers of putting Him in His proper position and His kingdom and us moving in repentance where we've tried to establish our own. So let's take a few minutes
0: and Can I say one more
2: thing. go before the Lord.
0: Yes. I, yeah.
2: just want to think for a second, why, why are we doing this? Why are we thinking that we need to find the areas in our life that we've elevated ourselves? And that was one of my favorite parts of studying this passage this week. We were talking about this this morning. You see the brokenness of humans in the beginning of this passage, quarrels and fights. But God does not leave us high and dry in that condition. We're, we're, it's just such a perfect image of the gospel. There's a problem, and God gives us a solution, and that comes from the grace he gives to us. And how does that grace come? From his son Jesus coming to earth, dying on the cross, taking our sins with him, and being risen back to life. Um, So that is why he deserves every Mm -hmm. single nook and cranny of our life. That's why he deserves so much glory. And that is why we should do everything we can to find every aspect of our lives that we have put ourselves above him. Um, So now, that's (laughs) great. That's
0: That's good. That's a good word.
2: So let's spend a few minutes before the Lord
0: asking him to search our heart.
2: Our, um, our praise, um, Lord, we, just, we thank you for this passage where we get to, to see that, see why, Lord, and that's because of the price that you paid on the cross for us. Lord, you deserve every area of our lives, Lord. You deserve our full um, attention and focus. Um, and Lord, we just do not give that to you. I do not give that to you. Every single day, I choose myself and I choose my motives and my desires over you. And Lord, I don't wanna be your enemy because no. that's what you say happens when I do that. But Father, I thank you for the grace that you give each time I, I choose to be friends of the world, Lord. You give more grace to me. You give more grace to all of us, Lord. And we are so thankful for that gift that we don't deserve, Lord. I pray this week we would be praying Every day, Show us the deepest, darkest places of our heart um, where we are desiring ourselves and what we see for our lives over you, Lord. And I pray that you would change people in this room, change me, change my heart, Lord. Reorient us back towards you, focused on you. And Lord, I pray that you would receive so much glory from that. Um, Lord, we just thank you for your son. Thank you that you give us an answer, you give us an out, and that you don't just leave us in our broken condition, Lord, but that there is sanctification and grace that you give us. It's in your name. Amen.